Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast with your host, Dana and Shayna. We are super excited to be having on a special guest today, Ryan Haddon. She is a clinical hypnotherapist and a certified life coach and spiritual coach, and she's going to be coming on to share with us a lot of powerful information about hypnotherapy, about how we can start to understand our own subconscious and how we can use hypnotherapy in our own life to kind of decondition and to see limiting beliefs that might be holding us back so that we can move forward with more alignment in our journey of self-improvement, in our journey to really live a purposeful life. Yes. So we can add this to the list of things that we recommend for deconditioning. I know we've recommended breath work in the past. We've recommended a few other modalities as well as things to do in your daily life. So you can listen back to our subconscious healing episode or our deconditioning episode, but this is another, um, powerful modality to help you to release some of those conditions conditioning that you might have had that may be holding you back. So we're excited to talk with an expert in this field because it's so fascinating to dive into the subconscious in this way and to see what you discover. All right. And so without further ado, let's welcome on our guest for today, Ryan Haddon, clinical hypnotherapist. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Thank you so much for being here. So good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, we're really excited to talk about all of the different things that you share in your offerings and kind of jump into hypnotherapy, learning a little bit more about that. But right off the bat, can you kind of introduce yourself to our audience and and what it is that you um, do with your offerings? Well, I am a life and spiritual coach and a hypnotherapist and a certified meditation teacher. So I kind of do a lot of different modalities around relationships, purpose, internal blocks, um, finding your spirituality, finding that anchoring into your relationship to yourself. That's always a through line through all of those other things. And so those are, those are the modalities that I work with. Beautiful. And I love that you um, have all of these different kind of facets. It seems like you're probably have a lot of different tools in your belt when you're working with your clients and in your offerings. So I wanted to ask you, what drew you to working with the modalities that you use? Let's see. You know, I've been on the spiritual path for a long time. Um, at 17, it led me to uh, live in India. So we can start there on that on that path. And then everything after that got woven in the context of spirituality. And um, that included Dark Nights of the Soul and many other twisty, windy um, avenues. <laughs> that, but, it, but I always had a context to reframe from the spiritual perspective. And I'm so grateful for that. So I started meditating at 17. I think later on in my life, I went to a hypnotherapist. I had done all kinds of different work. I'd always been in therapy or, you know, just I've been a seeker, if you will. And Mm -hmm. that involves looking for answers for yourself and how, what makes you work and how you, you know, what's your blueprint? 
mm-hmm. you know, um, from all the different ways that we, we look for that through other great teachers and mentors and spiritualists and healers and astrologers and like all those parts and pieces. So I've always been lit up with all of that. And then I had tried hypnosis and around relationships. And it was a very powerful experience that I had. And I'd also read not long before that a book, a powerful book called um, The Power of the Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy. And so that he's one of those seminal um, writers about that. And I think that was from the 50s. So that's been around for a while. And I had that curiosity and I did it. And again, I had that amazing experience. And I felt around these, I was in the process of dating. I had been divorced and single. And I um, was pushing up against my stuff, if you will, which dating is want to want to do, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and then I, um, yeah, I did hypnosis. All of a sudden, things started to get a little easier. I felt like I had this little buoy underneath me. I felt like things that had triggered me before, kind of I'd notice them and I'd find myself making a different decision where before I felt like I was in the grips of every trigger that came through my field. And so that felt empowering, deeply empowering. And so I got, got, kind of fell in love with that modality, not knowing that I was actually going to get certified one day. And then I was in the world of recovery and, you know, helping other women find their way, grappling out of addictions and all, and all kinds. And I really loved that. I felt a purpose and a passion there. And from there, I got a, a life coaching certification and a spiritual coaching certification and then then took up the hypnosis because I felt like in coaching, you could only get so far through the conscious mind. It felt like there's this whole iceberg underneath the water that the subconscious really uh, runs point under the surface of everything. And I felt like I wanted to bring that to my clients so that we could have these aha moments in coaching and then be able to take it to the subconscious and really align the conscious discoveries we were making in coaching and pull that to into the subconscious to align both conscious and subconscious so that we're all deeply chasing that feeling of alignment that, you know, it's an overused word, but when you have an experience of it, it is like no other. It is feeling you are absolutely in the center of your being and you're living from that place. You might pop off a little bit here and there and get pulled off by externals and, you know, different dramas that come through or life lessons or however they are, but that feeling of feeling anchored into you is um delightful (laughs) and uh yeah go ahead it really it's incredible hearing you talk about this because um so much of what you're saying is like the the basis and the the purpose of human design Mm -hmm. um and is about kind of marrying that subconscious and conscious together to find alignment and hear your inner truth and know how to use your energy and um and i'm just so curious because I think that a lot of us have heard about hypnosis and we have heard all the crazy, like Mm -hmm. conditioned things of hypnosis and it might be scary to a lot of people who don't really know what it is. So your experience with hypnosis, accessing your subconscious mind, like, I guess, what was the thing that kind of was that aha, like, this is actually a transformative modality versus just like a, um, like mind control, which is what I think a lot of people think hypnosis is. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the to the stage shows for that one. Um, yeah, yeah, because we see people behaving in absurd ways, and why would you want to turn this very vulnerable part of yourself, which feels like 
that subconscious, how people attribute that to, you know, uh, to being made a fool of or being entertainment. So I absolutely understand why there's all these preconceived notions about it. And um, suffice it to say that it is a leap of faith. But one thing that I think is important to note is that hypnosis, we're in hypnosis more than we know. And that let's use that word as trance. So we go in and out of trance throughout the day when you're driving from A to B and you lose track of where you were and how you got there. That's a form of trance. So we're just normalizing this idea when you're watching a movie. That's a form of trance. Everything else goes away. It's a, it's a focused form of, of brainwave activity if you will. Mm. So we're in beta right now, below that's alpha and below that's theta. And that's that magic state where we can really renegotiate things with the subconscious. And so just knowing that you're in and out of it throughout the day, whether you know it or not. So there's nothing weird. And all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. It's the degree to which you allow yourself to drop into that space within you. I'm just sort of a guide who's sort of putting the body into a restful way. So we sort of move through these ways of relaxing the body, relaxing the conscious mind, and the mind is going to be doing its own thing. And then I'm addressing the subconscious and the subconscious knows, right? In that theta state, it knows. So it's, those are magical states. And you pop through those states when you're going to sleep at night, because you're in beta, you go into alpha, theta, and then you go into delta, which is sleep. So when you wake up in the morning, you're going through those states. So you're going through those trance states when you wake up and when you go to sleep at night. And I will say this to anyone listening, if you're doing affirmations and you're just doing them when you're brushing your teeth in that beta state, they're not going to really take root. But when you're going to sleep at night or when you're waking up, that would be the time to say those affirmations when you're moving through those, those states where they're very Im impressionable, if you will. So know that. Yeah. That's amazing. And I think that a lot of people, when they hear hypnosis, they feel like it's something strange or outside of themselves. And they're not really realizing what a huge part of our experience it is, how that's something mm -hmm. that we all feel every day. And it really reminds me of just the feeling of openness, you know, and that's something that a lot of us struggle with. And it's a huge part of our healing journey is, are you open enough to really take these things in, to really see yourself, to really get down to that real story and mm -hmm. having a guide, someone there to support you and hold that space for you so that you can choose to open in that way. And you can allow that healing to happen within yourself. It's really powerful. So what, how is it that we can use hypnotherapy, hypnotherapy to reprogram our subconscious? Like what happens when we are kind of changing that stuff that's in there, in our subconscious? Well, it's just moving things around at the basement, you know, mm -hmm. that's all you're doing. So if you're, you know, constantly in lack and poverty consciousness, from the perspective of the subconscious, you would start saying, you know, from a hypnotherapist perspective, we would start creating new ideas around that, that you're open to flow, that you're availing yourself to this, so that you're worthy to step into this. And all these beliefs that we have, I can't, I can't I have to work hard to get the things that I want, you know, it's not going to happen for me unless I do X, Y, and Z, like all this, these ideas we have, or um, when I have this bank account, I'll be happy, or just these notions that we have that are basically put in us when we're kids. Mm -hmm. You know, from the ages of zero to seven, we're in that theta state. So we're quantifying and classifying our life from zero to seven, what love, abundance, prosperity, 
security, safety, all those things look like. And then it gets filed into that database of the subconscious. And then we go back. We, we're not really living from that place every day. And we're popping up into beta states, right? So we go into the subconscious and we just move things around and say, hey, let's look at it this way. Let's start you know, living our life in this manner. Let's be easy. Let's be loving. Let's be open. You know, let's release all these old ideas that really aren't serving us anymore. Yeah, beautiful. So for people that are curious about this modality, how can they begin to identify any fears that they have or like subconscious limiting beliefs that they have? What does that process look like of starting to have that awareness and that curiosity? Well, just starting to notice how your thoughts are habitual. You know, we have some on the top scale, you'll hear 80,000 unconscious thoughts a day. That's a lot. And most of which are negative. I think it's like 85% of those are negative. So just noticing where, what, what is those habitual thoughts that you're, that are constantly rolling through. So paying, paying attention to those and you can guarantee those are subconscious programming Mm -hmm. that you have somewhere. So just noticing them and maybe make a list of them. What are they? What do you constantly say that you're affirming all the time and start getting conscious about them? And then then from there, I would say you don't have to get a hypnotherapist. I mean, it's you can try it on your own. Learn how to do self-hypnosis. You can put yourself into that magic state of theta. You know, I mentioned when you're going to sleep and waking up, but you can practice, put yourself through breathing, count down to 10 and um, put yourself into that state and then do your own hypnosis. So maybe you start there and you use, and then from that place, start affirming those, doing those affirmations to push against that, that programming that you've flagged. Mm, interesting. And I noticed that two um, key things that you help people with or that you talk about in your work is abundance and, and also relationships. And I think that that's really Um, just interesting because those are the two areas that so many of us get hung up on and everyone pretty much is really wanting to be loved and wanting to have this abundance prosperity in their life. And why is it that those are kind of the two things that we have so many fears around and so many limiting beliefs around potentially? Well, because I think we're all in relationships. I mean, that's, you can't be sidestepped. And if you're not in relationship to others or in relationship to self. Mm-hmm. So we want to start there. And it really does. And in my work, it's it's always like, let's look at what you're marinating in. Mm-hmm. What's what's that relationship you've got going and um, with you, because that's a direct connection to what you're going to be stepping into your worthiness and abundance. And abundance doesn't have to mean a bank account. It can mean so many things. It can mean love. Mm-hmm. What, what's your state, that frequency that you that you vibrate at, you know, so let's up level that in some way, because you're in lack and poverty consciousness, and it doesn't mean finances, right? It can mean mm-hmm. so many things. What are you steeped in? So it starts with that relationship to self. And again, like we said, that those, um, those programming, and I don't know why those two things are mm-hmm. so potent for us, because I guess one is survival. And the other is quality of life. You know, Mm -hmm. they're they're both that in a sense, you know, Mm -hmm. so I hope that answers the question. Yeah, it's really interesting for us because we're constantly looking at the world through this human design lens, which is our Mm -hmm. main thing that we're always talking about and thinking about on this show. And a huge theme in human design is conditioning. So each of us has this natural energetic body, this natural uniqueness and way of being, and this inherent worthiness, this inherent talent that we're here to share with the world. And 
when we're born into this world, we, we really feel that we're connected with that. And then we take in conditioning, we take in these stories, we take in expectations and pressures from the people around us. And so a huge part of our healing journey has been, okay, what is that conditioning that I've taken in? What are those pressures that I've taken on as my story without realizing? And I've told myself, that I'm something that I'm not, or that I have to be something that I'm not in order to prove myself, in order to have self-worth, all of these things. So understanding that conditioning is a, a huge journey that we've gone on. And I know a lot of our listeners are kind of in that space now. Like, what is that conditioning I've taken on and why and where did it come from and how do I release it? So I love the idea of people being able to just realize that a lot of those limiting beliefs are in the subconscious and you can start by experimenting, feeling that subconscious within yourself. When are you relaxed? When are you in that openness? And then do those affirmations, then really ask yourself those deep questions and see where it kind of leads you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's sifting through, you know, what's mine and what's serving me and mm -hmm. what can I release now? I mean, that's really the mark of someone truly on the path, right? And we talk about a spiritual path and sometimes we have these cockamamie ideas, like I'm supposed to be happy all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be Zen. I have to be, it's just like another like self-imposed blueprint. And I think it's worth noting that real spirituality is messy. It's mm -hmm. fucking messy. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you're feeling it all and if you're allowing everything and you're trusting that everything's okay, right? Like we're in this suit right now i'm got the suit of ryan you've got suit of shane and dana nice suits by the way ladies oh thank you and, <laughs> and so like we're just here having this this experience in this body and you know it's it's it just takes the pressure off of you know what if i'm going to move through this now when we're a child you know we move through that time and these things get imposed on us and ultimately we're responsible for what's true for us now we couldn't decide that then we couldn't necessarily, some of us have different kind of experiences in childhood and some of our needs didn't get met. And so, you know, where are you going to keep dragging that ball and chain through the rest of your life? And then your inner child is like wreaking havoc everywhere. Mm -hmm. And when are you going to just stop and say, I'm responsible for what I am mm -hmm. and what I'm curating? What was my past and what's my present and what's forward? And, and it does sound easier said than done. But again, it's just you, all these modalities are here for us. Mm -hmm. And let's make it fun. And the spiritual path, let's keep it real. Yeah, You know, it doesn't look like waving incense and crystals. And that's, oh my God, I, you should see my desk in front of me. No, it's like, <laughs> I'm all those things, but they're expressions, you know, they're not, they're not what anchor me into my spirituality, mm -hmm. you know, whereas I might've thought that at another time when I was less, felt less mature on that path. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or I feel like I needed to go off to India to have these transcendental experiences. And then what I found I was truly seeking was a practical spirituality yeah. that I could lean into when the tides of life were at, afoot, you know, and that I could feel like I had safety. I had a refuge from whatever came down the pipeline, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's what I was seeking. And that's what I have value on today is a practical spirituality that gives meaning and purpose and depth. And it doesn't mean it's not um, bumpy. Yeah. You know, I accept it. I moved to radical acceptance around all of that. Yeah. Beautiful. And I just think it's so cool, your story about going and spending that time in India when you were so young and you were by yourself, right? You traveled there alone. I did. You know, my mom and I went together. I mean, she she brought me to it. And of course, I was 17 and I wasn't down with that just yet. I was kind of bribed into doing it. And then I fell in love when I got there of, with yeah. all of it, the path, meditation, 
feeling that connection, you know, and so it led me to India. I mean, I first wow. went to, it was in New York mm-hmm. and then that traveled on to India and I was sort of a roadie with that. Mm-hmm. So we traveled all over Europe and brought it to other people and it's really fun. Wow. That's so incredible. What an experience mm-hmm. was what, you know, in your 17 year old mind arriving there, like, I'm just trying to imagine how, how illuminating that must've been and how you must've felt like this incredible expansion, just seeing that culture with such a deep spirituality and history of that spirituality. Um, mm-hmm. And that's such a young age. Like, so you've had this in, in your path for such a long time now, different, and there's so many, it's, it's never ending. Like there's always new modalities that unfold before you. And the deeper you go, the deeper it opens up and you're able to constantly keep growing and then um, really stepping into that space as a guide and helping other people go on that same journey. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to share that with all of our listeners. Um, Ryan is a 6-2 generator. So Ryan, I know that human design is a little bit new for you, but six twos that's kind of like your personality archetype it's really this guide energy it's someone who has natural genius like they have this very old soul wisdom where they just kind of get certain things even from a really young age and so even though of course it's important for people to get training and things like that six twos have this energy where there's something in them that kind of always had this inherent wisdom that's just ready to, to guide people, ready to shine light for others. Um, and this 6-2 energy being a role model, being someone who's here to teach and educate. So it's just so in alignment for you to go on this path and find that spiritual healing within yourself, find these meditations and modalities that really work for you, and then to be able to teach other people and educate other people. So it's just so fun to see people that are living in such alignment with their unique blueprint, this energy that they came here to be. And in general, um, being a generator, there's five different energy types. And this is really describing like your energetic aura, your 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 energetic body and the way that it exchanges information and energy with the people around you. So you as a generator, generators have our favorite aura of the five types because <laughs> mm. they, I mean, I, we love all of the types, but generators have this, this feeling when they're doing things that they love, they're giving off this creative life force energy to other people that is so nurturing and so beautiful. And part of their leadership quality is this ability to really connect people and this ability to really nurture people with their energy when they're doing what they love. And so it's it's really beautiful to see a generator that's in alignment because they just have this life force energy that's oozing off of them. And not all of the energy types carry that life force energy. So Shana and I being projectors, we don't have this life force energy consistently within us. So it's really nice for us to connect with generators who are in their flow, who are doing what they love with their energy, and we can kind of like charge up from being around you. So um, just hearing this kind of one bit that you have this this personality that you're designed to be this guide and that you have kind of this inherent wisdom within you, does that really connect for you? Does that resonate for you? It does, but I guess it made me think of how painful it was to not be in that and mm-hmm. how deeply, deeply to not feel aligned at a time, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't want you to feel wowed by my 17 year old version of myself. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh wow. I'm such a deep human at uh-huh. 17. I've been on the path. No, yeah. it didn't preclude me from some just very difficult and struggles in my twenties mm-hmm. later on. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That are well, yeah. well, part of my fabric of who I am. I'm so grateful for Mm -hmm. all those experiences, but I just wanted to say that, but part of that feeling was not feeling on my purpose Yeah, and looking for that purpose and alignment everywhere else outside of myself. Mm -hmm. So it, I, it does resonate today. Mm -hmm. I've, it's been about, you know, 17 years that 
since one of those very dark nights of the soul that happened and subsequently a marriage ending and all those other things. But it has been a good sum of time of feeling that anchoring and feeling like on purpose in alignment, being that generator that you're talking about Mm -hmm. and just awaking to that and feeling that feeling of purpose and how like there's nothing more beautiful in Mm -hmm. life to feel that feeling that I've moved into that lane Mm -hmm. where all my parts and pieces just sort of clicked into place. Mm -hmm. And I'd been seeking it in so many other places through the relationship, through this, through that, these external things. And I think integrity is such a big word and I use it with much respect, but feeling that you're in in integrity with what you're speaking about and that you've actually done that work and you've lived the things that you're, you're, you're promoting Mm -hmm. is just a special thing to be able to feel like you've clicked into that for yourself and being, becoming that moving into that generator that you speak of Mm -hmm. feels, um, resonant it really yeah. does yeah. but it reminds me of how awful I felt when I didn't have yeah. when I hadn't clicked into that and what a painful feeling that is and for anyone else listening mm-hmm. and hasn't quite figured out how they click into that yet I feel you mm-hmm. and you will mm-hmm. you know just keep doing what you're doing and um it, it does eventually reveal itself when you're when you're curious when you're you grow out that self-love when that becomes the most important thing, mm-hmm. you know, and you turn away from the matrix and turn away from all those people, places and things, not to say that you can't express yourself in those places, but when you're thinking that those are your tethers and you are not in communication and connection with you so that that human design piece can really reveal itself mm-hmm. is, um, takes time, right? It's, yeah. it's powerful. Yeah. And something really interesting about the 6-2 profile, which is what your personality archetype is, is that when you're under 30, you're, the 6 part acts as a 3. So for our human design listeners, they know that when you're under 30, you're being called to really explore and adventure and have highs and mediums and lows and weirds. And all of those experiences are you co- cultivating wisdom and collecting mm-hmm. that wisdom. And then when you turn 30 you have this great shift where you start to be able to really integrate the wisdom you've learned and then you're really able to guide other people. And it's just really inspirational to me, this, this little piece of wisdom that comes through about, we need to have these experiences that are Mm. challenging in order to grow, in order to up level. And I think a lot of our, our suffering comes from us fighting that we're like, Mm. we don't want to have challenging experiences. We just always want to be happy. We just want everything to be good. We don't want to have to go through our dark night of the soul. We don't want to have to go through our rock bottom, but those experiences, those challenges are just such a huge part of Mm. why we are here and leaning into them actually makes it so much easier. So Um, I'd love if you could kind of share about that energy of like a rock bottom and and what that means for our spiritual path. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, we can't know, I'll use that cliche, we can't know light till we know dark. We won't have value on light until we've gone to those other places. I mean, I bow down to that warrior woman or girl, let's give her that moniker at that time because she hadn't fully integrated, you know, but she was just seeking and and just barreling through all these experiences kind of, um, but there was a beautiful light to her too. You know, um, I folded that version of me into who I am now. It's not like I was one way and now I'm this way, you know, it's like, those are all 
on my yeah. timeline. I mean, time's an illusion anyway, right? So on my timeline, I all those versions of me, all those incarnations of me, if you will, you know, I, I have a lot of affection and compassion for. But um, I think anyone worth their metal on the spiritual path has had some dark nights of this soul, has had some stumbling blocks, has had some, you know, that's brave, if you will. And it's brave to come back from them. Obviously, if it's just a, a, a swath of that, then maybe there's some unconscious, you know, pushing up against your triggers and not being, bring, you know, getting the learnings from them and then coming to the next and up leveling to the next. I think that's just part of what makes us interesting. It makes us brave and it makes us fearless. So let's redefine that. Um, and knowing that it's just part of the whole thing. I mean, I'm turning 50 this year and I'm so unbelievably grateful for, oh my God, all this lifetime. It's just been, it's a doozy. It's just been, it's been beautiful. And I just love all the teachers along the way. Um, so much gratitude for all those other people that got in there with me <laughs> to hold up the mirror, you know, my God, thank you peeps. And, um, I don't know. It's just, it feels really seamless and it feels, um, but I only know that now at the time when you were saying you're bumping in the dark, it's, um, you think, am I ever going to come out of this? Is it ever going to get better? Am I ever going to transmute this into wisdom, into, um, I didn't even know that I wanted to be the generator. You know, at that time I was thinking it was about being elevated in some way. It was about being, um, scene. It was about smoke and mirrors. It was about fame or it was about just money or it was about looking good. It was like all these other things. Not that those things aren't important today, but I thought those were definitions that I was seeking and I didn't understand. You can only, that's why you have compassion for that version of you. That's the best I could do with the information I had, mm -hmm. you know, and I give myself a big long lead on that without any judgment. And I just fold that sweetheart in, do you know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm so curious to know, um, what kind of led you to doing this relationship coaching and bringing in this kind of more relationship side to things? Do you do hypnotherapy with all of the different aspects with life coaching and with relationship coaching or are they kind of separate? And Oh and no, they're all the same. So? Okay. Yeah, they're all the same. Everybody comes for the same things, you know, mostly for the, for, for that reason. I don't know why I don't think I'm niche in relationships. I just tend to talk about them a lot because, you know, I write for different publications and relationships are incredible. You yeah. Know? Like I said, they're, they, it's like, oh my God, we get in, we get in the ring together, you know, not, not to duke it out, but just to work things out with each other. And so how do we do that consciously? How do we do that with intention? How do we do that with um, compassion? Right. And so I always say this model of the triangle, like each person at the base better be getting care, taking care of their own needs, their own wants. And that was a, a reframe for me because I thought you had to do that for me. I thought I was holding you accountable to make sure you showed up and delivered. Right. And I was keeping track and keeping score. And so it's really only when I became fully responsible for my own internal emotional life and getting my own needs and wants met inside outside of the relationship that I could bring my best self to the relationship and offer that at the altar to, and then let them do them, you know, and stay in my lane. Do you, let's see. And then, you know, I'm, I'm writing this article right now about what are the new vows? What should be the new vows in relationship? You know, I'm going to love you for as long as I can. I'm going to work really hard, but I can't, who, who can say beyond that? You know? I mean, I've been married it's 13 years and with the same person. So it's beautiful and it's wonderful and it'll keep organically moving and I'm going to keep working hard, but hopefully you're doing the same and let's see where that gets us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody wins a prize for staying together the longest. 
In fact, I'm sure you both know couples where you're like, it's enough, call it. Oh yeah, definitely. And I actually grew up in a family where my parents were divorced and it was so clear to me how healthy and necessary that was for my family. And I always was able to see, you know, if, if it's no longer working, like separate, like you, if you're, you know, imprisoning yourself with these ego or this mind or something like that, Mm -hmm. it's really not healthy. And it's interesting because, um, I've been married now for five years and my marriage hands down has been my number one spiritual teacher. Um, It's been the biggest growth and the biggest step that I've ever had and pulled out triggers and and healing and things inside of me that I didn't even know. And I've had Mm -hmm. all of this other experience in life. And there's been these deep places that only in this union have I been able to really Mm -hmm. have those come to light so that I can honor them and move through them and understand myself better and become that my highest potential. So I'm really grateful for my relationship. And I definitely agree that relationships are just one of the most important parts of our life, of course, because each and every single one of us is an individual and we are responsible for our own individual reality and becoming our own individual highest potential, but in relationship to everyone else and everything else mm-hmm. around us. And we have a relationship with not just the people in our lives and our partners and things like that, but with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that honoring that and seeing that and giving, giving your awareness to that is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that conscious coupling is is really that I think we're redefining what that looks like. Why are we in partnership? You know, you're going to highlight things for me and then for me not to make the mistake of thinking I need to be right. You know, I love that saying, I'd rather be happy than right. And so that's, that's always good. And what does that mean? It doesn't mean being a doormat doesn't mean like, you know, it just means that I'm going to hold my state. Mm -hmm. That's more important to me than driving this home or teaching you, you know, not to say that we don't say, aren't what our needs are. I prefer this. This feels better to me. Can we communicate this way? Can we like, it's not like we don't problem solve and troubleshoot together, but it's knowing I'm going to get triggered. Then I'm not going to figure that out with you. I got to go figure that out with me mm-hmm. and then I'll come back and offer that here and, and I'll come back with my findings, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's just figuring out different ways that we communicate different ways of redefining, you know, the you complete me thing I think is, is really, we've evolved out of that. Mm-hmm. You're not my better half, you know? we're we're each holes and we're coming together and let's see what we can create, you know, and you're going to hold up the mirror. I'm going to hold up the mirror and we'll do it as gently and as lovingly as we possibly can. And sometimes I'm going to fail and sometimes I'm going to, you know, get sharp or sometimes I'm going to be expectant in some way, but I, but I'm, I'm in dialogue with myself around, Oh, there I go. Look at me doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to go dark. I'm not going to go unconscious. Mm -hmm. You know, that's my commitment to myself for you, for me and for you. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned the word triggered and Mm -hmm. I'm just curious about, um, what that really means. Like, obviously we get triggered in our relationships, but we Mm -hmm. also get triggered in life with like our traumas that we're working on or our subconscious things that we're, that we have in our basement that we don't even know. And something happens and we're, we're triggered and we're upset or we're anxious or depressed or something. So I'm curious, um, what are some techniques and things that we can use to support us when we are feeling triggered? Well, I think first to notice that that's what's happening. Awareness is the first thing. Like, oh, there it is. Feeling that trigger. You know, that's, so it's, I guess it's putting a name for it. Because you can say, you know, I'm so mad at him. I'm so, you know, whatever that, however that 
how in the past we deflect, you know, it's about this. It didn't work out the way I wanted it to, like that could be a trigger or my worth or my value, whatever those are. So you, again, make a list of what those are for you. What are recurring, you know, what are recurring triggers, you know, being abandoned, um, being spoken to disrespectfully, like what are those for you? And then you, you get really, it's like, pull up a seat, old friend, what you got to say, you know? So it's, <laughs> it has it it has it has a gift Mm. so what is the gift of it and I think that's the intimacy you know into me I see right that's the intimacy of conscious coupling of like that trigger so here's mine you know I'm not going to weld your I'm not going to wield yours against you um that's one part but but as far as the triggers go um I think just knowing that that's part of what we're working with these unhealed parts and that the universe, if you will, or my higher self is going to find all kinds of contexts to help me heal, just like the subconscious. So, you know, the subconscious's role is to um, move me, to show me where are the parts that aren't completely whole yet. And so it's working with me to highlight and draw that to me all the time in every shape and every form so I can finally sit still and go, oh, it's not about them. them. It's about me. So you're flipping that script. So the first thing is just noticing it. I'm doing this now. This, the trigger's happening. And then it would be to extricate, I think, from the situation because when you're triggered, you're, not, you're in emotion mind, as they say in DBT. You're in emotion mind, right? So you want to pull out from that. And then learn to self-soothe. What are your techniques for self-soothing? For me, you know, right away would be breath. It would be for, you know, acknowledging it, it's breath, extricating from that moment if I can. If I'm in a place that's other things are happening, it's just going to keep activating it. And then it would be, you know, I love to write about that specifically, like what's coming up for me right now. And I just do with my dominant hand, I write, and then sometimes I'll put it into my left, my non-dominant hand, and just see, that's the inner child usually, and I just see, what, what, what have you got to say, sweetie? What's going on there? And she'll be like, nobody's, nobody likes me. You know, I don't know. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> she's, she's got a very simple way of viewing it. So I'm like integrating her, I'm folding her in, I'm taking a look at what that, what's in the shadow side. You know, that's another way of looking at it. And so I sit with it and I look, and usually when I'm writing, it's like, it's just a, it's just a flow out. And I, it might start with like, they're doing this, they're doing that, but I have enough awareness that it's not about them anymore. And it's about me. So again, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm interested in the process. I don't want the trigger to go away. It's not like, let me just get back to normal. I wish this trigger would just go over there. No, I'm like, like I said, pull up a seat. What have you got? Let's take a look at it. Oh, there's that primal little thing again you know, that just keeps going, keeps dogging me. And then I just sit with it and I sit with it and I take it to my altar. And then I, it's not like my altar has got magic, but I make it magic. So I sit there and I'm, I go into prayer around it. I mean, that might not happen on one timeline. It might happen later in the day. It might happen tomorrow, but I've, I've put a lens of love on it. I put a lens of curiosity on it, on that trigger. And, um, they do lessen in doing that. They lessen and they, they give me what they what they came for, you know. So it's that. I yeah. absolutely love that what you said of putting a lens of love and curiosity on it. That is so beautiful and powerful, and really shows you how you can instantly transmute something that you could see as you know this is so painful. I'm triggered. I'm angry. I'm closing off. Um, and by putting that lens there, it it really shows you how this is actually a beautiful gift that's pointing you towards somewhere that you need to look and 
thank goodness for this trigger. Thank goodness for this union. Like it's such a beautiful gift to be able to be pointed to like the sacred Mm -hmm. compass. Oh, here's something that you need to work on. Now you have the opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think especially right now with quarantine and the pandemic and all the crazy chaos. I was combining those two words. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All the chaos in the world that right now we're kind of under this microscope with ourselves a lot of the times. And I think that a lot of us are getting triggered a lot more right now. And it's more easily, um, it's more easy to get triggered, especially Mm -hmm. right now, because there's so much uncertainty and there's so much stress externally as a collective. So, um, I love that because yeah, that awareness and that observation of yourself is key. Um, and it's just so crazy that you didn't know much about human design before because so much of everything that you've said so Mm -hmm. far is literally human design. Oh my God. So so much of it. Yeah. So it's just, and you have, I mean, we say this all the time, but so many people come into alignment with their life purpose and their, um, their design naturally just through observing themselves and going deeper and healing their subconscious and trying to find their alignment and listening to their body. They do that. So naturally, um, when, when you're aware and when you're wanting that, right, they find their design and you are just such a spinning example of that. Like literally every single gift that you have, you're mm-hmm. using so effortlessly, like your gift to be able to assess patterns and see addictive behaviors and see the things that might be holding us back and your ability to get still and like really access the subconscious. It's one of the biggest gifts that you have. Mm. Um, also this desire to want to make life better, not just for yourself, but for others. Like that's one of your sun gates. So this is such a superpower of yours to be able to say like, okay, what's holding you back and how can we make your life better? And how can we harbor stillness and awareness and peace? It's kind of like this mountain energy to really listen and hear what our body is trying to tell us. So, mm-hmm. so much of like everything that you've said, I've just been sitting here in awe, like, holy shit, you are just living your dharma. You're living your purpose. And, um, and it just comes through listening. So I think that's incredible. And I'm, I'm going to go have my first uh, hypnotherapy session actually after this. And so I guess I want to ask you, you know, what, what do you tell people who are doing their first session or like what to get out of it or what to, you know, what intention did you have going in? Or I don't know, like, what would you tell someone like me going into their first session? (sighs) I would just say, you know, welcome to another level of um, peeling back the veil if you will. And I would just say that reminding you that if there's any nervousness, it's to the degree, the degree that you allow yourself to drop into that depth within your own self. So no one can get you there if you don't want to go there. So you are in charge, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So it's just reminding you of that, reminding that you're a sovereign being and that you're self-governing in that way. And so you will, you know, allow yourself to drop into that information if it feels like the timing is good, you know? So I've, I would say if, if you're going in before you are driving down, you know, to get there, I would say, talk to your higher self and just say, you know, let's do this. Let's drop in. Let's be fearless. Let's trust. Let's release all things, 
you know, so I would just sort of put yourself into your own sense of hypnosis by maybe not when you're driving, but just, <sighs> just speaking, talking to yourself of just, you know, saying, this is what we're doing here. You know, there's nothing to be afraid of. I want to have access to the parts of myself that have been locked away that I haven't had access to before. And then on a practical note, I would say it's normal to be aware of thoughts. Sometimes people go into hypnosis. I always qualify that. And a hypnotherapist I worked with didn't do that. So I was thinking things and I was like, why am I still thinking things when I should be in hypnosis? And I learned later after I went to school that it's normal to have thoughts. The brain's off gassing. It's all good. It's fine. And to be in and out of, you'll be in and out of remembering pockets of it and not remembering parts of it. And then you'll listen to it several times. Hopefully make sure this is recorded because you open the door in one session, but then you have to keep listening to it to make sure that the subconscious is um, on board with it. So um, those are important parts and pieces so that you're in charge, connect with your higher self, you know, um, be aware of, it's normal to be aware of thoughts. You'll be in and out of things here and there. And that's just all part of it. Mm. Awesome. I'm excited. And I'm curious, mm -hmm. do you practice hypnosis on yourself, like in your daily practice? Or is it something that you go and um, like have a professional hold that container for you to kind of dive into? You know, I feel honestly, I do hypnosis. And I feel like I was just saying that today, I had a client earlier. And it's like, I literally, as I'm doing the hypnosis, I'm feeling like I'm going into it myself. I don't know if other people, other hypnotherapists feel that way, but I literally drop down into places within myself as I'm doing it. And I also feel like a certain level, I have all my notes in front of me, but I kind of close my my eyes and I'm feeling and I'm getting information through, I don't know what, it's hard to talk about that process, but I, I definitely feel like when I work with clients, I drop down into those states myself, number one. Number two, I do put myself into self-hypnosis and I am very careful with my words and I do it when I go to sleep at night and I wake up in the morning, not all the, every night, but often. So there's that. And I do have a hypnotherapist that I love. She's in Los Angeles. So if you're there, I don't know if she's seen people in person, but it actually isn't even necessary in person. It's, I have all my clients come through you know, the Zoom platform, my Zoom platform, and it's just, it feels just as tangible and just as connected as maybe even more so than when I used to have clients come to the office. So, you know, before pre, pre this period of time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm doing my session through Zoom and mm -hmm. um, what I found, I mean, I've done so many breathwork sessions through Zoom as well. And, and we meet with mm -hmm. clients all day long with human design, like technology is genuinely Mm -hmm. like defying space and time. So yeah. we're grateful for it. And it's, it's just as potent. At least that's what I've experienced. So mm -hmm. that's interesting. So I definitely want to explore that self hypnosis more. And I'm going to be paying attention to those times when I'm like about to fall asleep or when I'm just waking mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. And um, do you recommend like, you know, going to sleep with affirmations that you just kind of want to keep because mm -hmm. I can't imagine waking up and then being in that theta state and remembering an affirmation to say are there techniques there that you recommend it's it's just when you're groggy you know it's just as you're coming to instead of reaching for your phone just knowing that that's a potent time so it's really that mm -hmm. it's not like you're unconscious and you're trying you're just coming out of that you know what that feels like as you're drifting yeah. off to sleep so you know it's it's a great time to repeat a mantra what could be more high than that? There's no greater affirmation than a mantra that works for you. You know, that's, that's, 
that could be any number of any path whatsoever, but that have those sacred syllables and to really marinate the mind in both conscious and subconscious um, steeped in, in those syllables. You know, so that that's really that's the highest for me now. I'm not going to be like, I am great. Life is good. I'm <laughs> abundant. Like, whatever. I'm just want to just get me to God. You know, like let's just talk about it. Let's just do a mantra. <laughs> you know, so that that's what I do a, a lot of times. Um, or when I'm noticing a block, then I'll hone in on that one and I'll, I'll use that. But it's it's really easy. Like it shouldn't feel it should feel really natural, like your breath coming in and breath going out, you know, like, just like with meditation and people have these ideas that it has to look and feel a certain way. No, it doesn't just let the mind do what it does. And then just keep focusing on the breath. And it's the same thing with the affirmation, just say it on the in breath and say it on the out breath, and then you'll doze off to sleep. So you don't have to have your running list next to your bedside table. You know what I mean? Maybe you do one for two weeks and then try another one for two weeks and Mm -hmm. should be easy. I love that. And I've noticed a lot with my own journey into kind of checking in with my subconscious, seeing what's there that's holding me back in my relationships or in my career, just having that awareness that that's what you're wanting to do, that you're wanting to check in there, that you're wanting to allow that space and that you have that love and curiosity there. That's like the first huge step of that journey is just having that awareness and being like, okay, this is something that I'm wanting to do. And it kind of leads me to my next question that I wanted to ask you. Um, I was looking at your different courses that you offer. And Mm -hmm. one of the courses that you have, um, it's helping you enhance the three most important relationships in your life, which you say one of those is that relationship with yourself, and then the relationship with the other, and then the relationship with something greater. And I thought that was really beautiful. And I was wondering if we could kind of dive into what that really means, those three different important relationships in your life. And this, this, first one obviously reminds me of my relationship with myself. Like, what does that Mm -hmm. look like? What is your relationship with yourself and how would you define that or kind of enhance that in your life in a general way? Well, we've talked about that a little bit here so far, just about what, um, what's your self-talk? Yeah. You know, what are you marinating in? What's your, how do you grapple? How do you speak to yourself when you're disappointed? Yeah. You know, what are you carting around? unconsciously mm-hmm. on, on that front. So we deep dive into that. And what, what are your expectations? Again, we talked about being responsible mm-hmm. for what you're curating, what you're steeped in, uh, your relationship to you. It should feel yummy. It should feel safe. It should feel loving. And if it's not that, then there's work to do. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's so putting value on that. Yeah is one thing. So we start there. And then from there, you know, in that course, it's, we're working two weeks in that and there's a whole syllabus, there's all these questions and how do you unpack all of that? And then we move into relationship to others. So from that place of anchoring into you, of living from your center, right? From that place, then how do you relate to the world at large? And how are you in your relationship? So we talked about the triggers. How do you show up mm-hmm. for things like that? So then we go into you getting care, taking care of your own needs and wants within that. And then what are you offering back? And so I think then we start to put on value on that of how you're showing up from that place of being fully empowered and feeling in that alignment, right? And then the third thing is, so if you're not plugging into other people anymore, then you better be plugging into something greater. And what's that going to look like? It's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. And where do you, um, you know, because even yourself, we're infinite, but we're finite. You know, we're governed by so many things. You talk about conditioning, but it's also the personality, the ego, the mind, so many parts and pieces. And so we want to pop out into something greater than that. 
this more than the sum of those our parts right here. And so for someone that might be nature, for someone else that might be love, that for someone else it might be something less tangible, for others it might be source, it might whatever your word is for that. It might be your guides. I, I don't know. Everyone's got, you know, I've got a I've got a slew of things, but <laughs> I'm very grateful. I have a whole arsenal of different people that I pray to. But what I've come to of late is that I have a higher self. And I did talk about this earlier. And that that version of me on my timeline is already actualized, is already, you know, I'm closing the gap with her, you know. And so she's actually a lot who I pray to these days, show me, guide me, direct me, you know, where is, where is there more healing to be had? Like I'm in deep collusion with her. I love that word. I mean, we're colluding, you know, for my enlightenment. We're colluding together. Um, and I'm not rushing that, you know, uh, closing that gap. I'm enjoying it. It's, it's sweet, right? So anyway, I think that's, that's what we d- deep dive into. That's something greater. And then what are you doing in practical ways to create space to delve into that? So there's a lot of practices, a lot of tools, a lot of ways to quiet the noise. There's so much ritual. You know, it, sometimes people can get caught in the ritual and they check the box, but it's like, what's the feeling you're bringing into that? You know, so again, we talked about something greater outside of you, but it's also something closer than my hands and feet. It's right there. And so what are you doing to carve out space to connect to that in your day? And so those are things we look at in that next part of that, that module of that course. Beautiful. Everything you Mm -hmm. said, it just is like, I love that you said that relationship between you and yourself should be yummy and delicious (laughs) and fun. And I think that is something that I've been reminding myself of lately is because, you know, we, we go on this spiritual journey and sometimes we're going through these triggers and these shadows and the subconscious and these darker things. Um, and then there's also tapping into your purpose when you do that. And that feels beautiful and delicious and gorgeous and fun and all these things. And it's this kind of remembering sometimes that there can be that joy in all of it in all of it, even the subconscious, even the shadowy, especially those things, you know, and a a huge thing that I've been focusing on lately is um, accepting the different emotions that I feel. And even, you know, the the sad ones or the depressed ones or whatever, how can I let this be something that's beautiful? Because I know that that's what it's here for. It's an experience Mm -hmm. that is teaching me and guiding me. And like, how can you bring that even just the joy of experience back into that and how mm-hmm. much that changes your whole spiritual journey. I, I just, I love that you said that. And, you know, when we work on these, the most important relationships in our life that we're talking about here, how do you, we see that affect everything else in our life? Like what is that, that transformation within those, those most sacred relationships? How does that reflect on the rest of our life? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're asking me? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm the guest, so I'll just answer. Uh, I thought you were making a statement. How does it? Uh, yeah, it. It. Um, I guess everyone's going to have a different answer for that. It's, but yeah. it's gonna. It's gonna feel like, you know, when those things, when you're plugged into you, and then you know how you operate with others, and then you have, you know, something greater that that creates more meaning for everything and context and reframe then and you feel like you're living in a benevolent universe Mm -hmm. then you can you have more freedom to play to express yourself to take chances to be criticized to you know because your other things are tethered down that's the you've battened down the hatches for all the things that really matter and um you're getting 
fed in that way. So you can just have a play of consciousness of having fun out there and doing exciting, fun things that, that, um, and play with people and enjoy all the smoke and mirrors and do all those other things and look great and wear clothes you want to wear. Do all the, just have, have the most fun. But then you have those primary relationships. You've redefined them and they, um, hold their like book bookmarks in your, in your, in your world. And so that's why I feel like they're so, so important. And then purpose gets revealed and then, you know, um, just life has so much more dimension. Yeah. And I loved what you said about feelings. And I was thinking about that and, you know, it's like just accepting everything is big, taking personal responsibility. And I mean, responsibility sounds so unsexy yeah, because it's like imposed on us. Whereas what if we, we had it from the inside out, like a core part of us of like, I am responsible for me. Yeah. I'm so free. Cause I'm responsible for me. Yeah. You know, like that's, I am fully owning my stuff. I'm owning how I show up in all these pockets of my life. And that's, that becomes sexy. Yeah. That actually becomes really attractive. Like when you see someone like that's what confident looks like. Everyone's seeking that elusive. What is confident? How many is that? When I am showing up for me and I know how to get my needs and wants met from these other places rather than out there. And I take everything else, you know, seriously. So it's, yeah. it's that. And I think there's comfortable feelings and there's uncomfortable feelings. They're not good or bad. they just are. Yeah. Right. And so we want to run from that. And addiction is one of the ways that we do that, you know, and I, I've, I'm well-versed in that, in that world. So I think when it gets to that point where feelings are so unmanageable, then you try to find those outlet outlets. I was thinking of Netflix. I was like Netflix and <laughs> you find those Netflix exactly. You find those ways that Netflix is great. But I'm just saying, when it's done to excess, anything done to excess, like food is great, you know, alcohol is great. All those different things are fun and great, and whatever, however it floats your boat. Mm -hmm. But it's when they're done to excess, and we're trying to mitigate and manage feelings because they're so unmanageable. What about if we just allow them completely the space to be and just say, these are comfortable and these are uncomfortable. And I get, this is part of my journey as a human. I got to feel all of them. Yes. I love that. That resonates so deeply with me. And, you know, focusing on these three core relationships that seem like the foundation. And if we are solid there, it's interesting how um, you know, the way that we get solid there is really by leaning in and redefining those and exploring those in a deeper way with more consciousness and more awareness, but really letting ourselves feel there. And then we have this solid energy. And that is the thing that allows us to have more freedom and more play. And it's like this beautiful spectrum where on one side, you're so grounded in these things that really matter. And then on the other side, you're so free to like make mistakes and take chances. And it, and it feels, you feel safe because those things have been brought that awareness and that love and you feel like you're really being held. And I've noticed that so much, you know, in, in my relationship with myself and in my relationship with others, I mean, yeah. And in my relationship with something greater, like it really, you can come back home to those things and it gives you that courage. It gives you that love. It makes you feel like, okay, I know what I'm doing here. I know that I'm safe. I know that I belong. And that gives you authentic confidence. And I think that authentic confidence is just one of the most beautiful things that we can have in our life because each of us has this, this beautiful purpose, this way that we're here to share. But, you know, if you're not solid in those other ways and you might not have that confidence to go there, to explore and to take those risks, to jump off that cliff. Um, so I love that so much. And I think a lot of, a lot of people that are listening to this podcast are really interested in their life 
in purpose, in that energy of living purposefully and being who they really are meant to be and sharing that in the world. And um, I know that that's a big a focus in your work. Um, so I, I'm just wondering if there's anything that you wanted to kind of share with that. Like, what is what does that mean to you? Like living, finding your purpose and living in that, in that area. I think it's having, using all your gifts that we've each been given. Everyone's got a unique set of gifts that they've been given. And then there's your experience and how you've transmuted your experiences in your life. And it's become hard won wisdom, right? And there's that. And so, and I think looking at how you can be of service on the planet, and then there's two trains of thought in traditions they say there's service to others and there's service to self and the planet has been run on service to self and it's kind of a darker energy and service to others is about what how am i showing up what what am i offering to the world but it, you can't get there unless you've done the work on yourself first it has to be genuine you have to be in integrity and do that work so that you can be service to others and that intention is what makes it so you know, that intention that I'm not out to get mine. Sometimes capitalism can feel like that, do you know? And so it's like, and this country was built on a lot of that. And I think we're taking a lot of that down now of what does it look like to be um, in integrity with yourself? What has given meaning to yourself? I arguably we've been stripped down, if you will, this, this period of time where all the distractions of what we've, where we have anesthetized through productivity and out there in the world and busyness and all these things, it's kind of been pared down now. And this is our gift, right? So who are you within that? Is there a restlessness? Are you unable to sit with yourself? What are those things? And like really, you know, deep dive into that. It's, it's good work. And there's an incredible thing happening on the planet right now. We're moving from one dimension to the next. And let's just turn away from the matrix of the world is telling like they're trying to divide and separate. And that is not our way through. We've done that. And it's brought us to this point in time. And we're moving into another phase. And it's about self-awareness. It's about self-love. It's about self-acceptance. And it's about then taking all of that and giving it back. And how are you doing that? And you're going to have a unique fingerprint or footprint on how you're going to be able to do that but make no mistakes anyone listening you have a reason to be here you have a lot of work to do and um, align to that as quickly as you can because it's everything and we need you so we're all light workers anyone listening into this has got a special plan for them and don't forget that don't forget it's here and you're going to just, it doesn't, doesn't have to be years of work right now. The veil is super, super thin. You know, my meditations from five years ago are not what they can be now because you're getting a draft from the rest of the, all the light workers that have done all this heavy lifting for all of us and that we're all doing for each other. There's a massive collective group of us. So I think it's really tuning into that in your meditation, knowing you're a part of a grid of people, of energy workers and light workers on the planet right now. And it's very, very potent. So um, you are, if you're listening to this, you are service to others. That's who you are. That's the blueprint that I'm <laughs> working off of. And um, connect through the ley lines of the planet when you sit in meditation and send all your beautiful, just build that heart energy up and send it down through the ley lines on the planet. And we're all connecting and we're up-leveling what's happening right now. And turn away from the world because it's not true. It's not peddling truth. And I, and we all know that. Mm. 
Yes, yes, yes. I swear you have read the book of human design because (laughs) everything you just said is a podcast episode that we just had. So it's like, oh, wow. Yes, yes, yes. Listening to you speak because it just, everything you say is just so beautiful and resonates as such truth to me. So thank Mm -hmm. you for sharing that. It's absolutely gorgeous. And I'm curious, where can our listeners find you and learn more from you and take your courses and anything that you have to offer? Where can they connect with you? There's my website, but truthfully, it's my Instagram account because I write a lot of posts there. And, you know, that's kind of where I put all my creative energy. And so I would say my connect through Instagram. I'm at Ryan Haddon Coach. And from there, you'll be able to link into my website and all of that. But if you want to know what's, what I'm thinking, what's going on, what's new, um, different podcasts and things like that, that's usually happening on my Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to like dive in more to your offerings too, and to just stay connected with you. And I'm yeah so excited that we just have all of these different light workers, like you said, that mm-hmm. are here to usher in this new paradigm and mm-hmm. this shift that's taking place. So Oh, yeah. Thank you. (laughs) I'm so happy to know you both. Thanks, Jaina. Thanks, Dana. Thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much, guys, for tuning in with us and diving into this new modality. Hopefully, it sparked some curiosity for you to explore this a little bit further and see if it's something that resonates with you with deconditioning. As always, you can find out more information on our offerings and how you can dive further into your human design journey on our website, which is daylunalife.com. You can also email us at hello at daylunalife.com. You can check out our Instagram, which is at dayluna to stay up to date with our latest updates and offerings and inspiration, all things human design. 